This is Changing Channels. This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the Channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Changing Channels. As I said, I'm Larry Walsh, and I really wish you could have seen what was just happening in in front of the cameras as they're doing the intro. Um, You know, I I want this is a this is a special podcast to me because it gets to talk about something that a lot of people truly don't understand, uh, and that's sales and specifically channel sales. Um, I, I just want to tell you a quick story. I, I used to work for a company. I'm not going to say who they are, but they were Tech Target, and we they they had us in this like huge warehouse, and everybody was intermingled. Uh, us just editors and expert types, right now alongside salespeople, and they had the classic bell. Every time somebody got ten thousand dollars, they got the ring at once. You know, so that all day long we. You know, by the way, Tech Target, great organization. Every all day long, they just jam that bell all day long. It drove me crazy because I didn't understand why they got to go to President's Club, but I got to do all the work. It wasn't until later on that I got to, you know, got to know what, uh, what sales are all about and particularly about channel sales because channels are, you know, it's one of my mentors, Julie Parrish, explained to me once is that the purpose of a channel is to put a point of sale as close to the customer as possible. And nowadays, as we're looking at more of more diverse and digitalized sales channels, we're looking at omni-channel, uh, the need for more omni-channels, because we not only want to be where the customers are, but we want to be able to interact with them and capture them and cater to whatever, however they want to buy with us. But the thing, the common thread through all this is, is that none of this is automatic. It all requires people and partners that are able to interact with customers, understand what they need, and deliver them the solutions that they ultimately buy. And uh, that's the reason why I said special podcast. I invited our friend, Joe Scoria, who is the Senior Vice President of Worldwide Channels and Partner Sales at Proofpoint. Uh, and truly, you know, a, you know, one of the best guys you could ask about, you know, a true selling machine, I will say. Joe, you oh are like a, like a sales monster. <laughs> I've been called worse, but thanks, Larry, the sales yeah, monster. You know, I think I have called you worse. But, uh, you know, Joe, I just want to start. I mean, look, you look like a kid. Yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a haircut. Where'd you get it? Thanks. Well, actually, this week was a special week. I think when we set this up, I said, happy to do it. The only caveat was I had a, a big charity event uh, earlier in the week. So for St. Baldrick's. So actually for, for children's cancer, there's a bunch of the tech groups that get together. And uh, we uh, shaved our heads this week. So for the kids, for the kids, Larry. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, look, Joe, I know you're big in the charities. You and I have talked about this before, you know, and, and you know, really kudos to you for doing that. You're setting a real example. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, you've been, you've been in channels, you've been in sales for a while. You've, done, you've ran channels at Fortinet. You ran channels, worldwide channels at Bitdefender. Um, and now you're at Proofpoint running channel sales. Before we get into the crux of this, I'm just curious, what was the first thing you ever sold? The first thing I ever sold, Larry, well, it was probably my, you know, I started as a teenager mowing lawns. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us had, that was my first job in, in kind of entrepreneurship. So I was selling that service. So that was, that was probably the very, very first thing I sold. And then I quickly pivoted to that and I've sold everything, you know, a lot of computer parts and pieces and everything else through the years. And uh, you name it, I've, I've, uh, I think everything is a sale, right? Everything is definitely a sale. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it's true though. I mean, I, I'd like, what's the thing you're always selling is yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, then I did the same thing. I mowed lawns too, and you had to go knock on those doors and you had to get turned away. I mean, I think that's the one thing people don't understand about selling, whether you're direct or indirect, is that salespeople are the salespeople are the people who get told no more than anything else. You know, Joe, you're in a new role here, Proofpoint. Um, you know, like I said, you know, this is the latest stop for you. Um, I hope maybe it's even the last stop for you. Um, yes, sir. When you walk into a new organization, how do you assess channel sales readiness? What is it that you're looking for in terms of how ready, you know, how ready is that sales army to go out into the field? Well, I, I mean, as you know, because we've been doing, we've both been doing this for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of different things and, and, and it goes into channel contribution readiness and everything else, but coming into a new organization, um, the first thing I do uh, to be honest with you, Larry is, is look at structure and people, right? Because that's, I think one of the most important things. So the people that are taking care of our partners uh, is, is number one, right? And then we start to look at programs because without good people, they can make or break a program. So I could have the best program or the worst program. And if you don't have the right people in charge. So for me, team is, is huge, right? And I think anyone that knows me is, is I'm big, big on that. Um, the program itself, I mean, you've got some basics, right? And I think the key to any channel program is making sure you develop something that the partners, how the partners want to interact with you, right? It's not necessarily, I've got a precious metal program or, or whatnot, and I'm trying to fit everybody into the same program. That's, that's, you know, you need to really look at how they want to consume. Like you, you mentioned it before, because the markets have changed too. The way that end users want to consume um, your product, your service, whatever you're selling, you have to adapt to that. And our part, our channel partners, a lot of them have adapted, but I see a lot of channel programs that haven't adapted themselves to this omni-channel approach. Yeah, I mean, how much, how important is that to think about this? And because it used to be with channels is that we were talking about, you'd have the vendor, maybe a distributor in between, the partner would be out interfacing with the customer, maybe co-selling with, with the vendor salespeople. Um, but it was a very well linear motion. Sure. Now it's far more three-dimensional. I mean, how much of an impact is that having on the way that you're thinking strategically about your channel sales strategy? Oh, huge, huge, right? You've got to look at, I mean, one of my favorite topics, of course, is marketplaces. And I think that's that's relevant. And to see the way that some of our partners have adopted to that market in that that sales motion, right? Because um, you're not there, right? It, it's, it's, I think, you know, knowing my history, you know, we used to go on site, we used to do a proof of concept, you typically go out to dinner with the client. And then, you know, we, we talk about closing the deal. Um, nowadays, you have people doing their own research. They're going to a marketplace and they're deciding whether or not to hit that button or not. And the partners who help influence that, um, it's a completely different motion, right? And, and for all of us in the industry, um, we have to adopt to those motions. Uh, the other thing too, right? Near and dear to my heart, because I was an MSP, um, MSP and MSSPs, you know, people selling your technology as a service and it's a pull through versus push, it's a different concept and you have to have different, you know, you have to have different programs. You have to have different benefits and it's not the, Hey, how about if I give you an extra five or 10% off a deal gets it done anymore because that's not the buying behavior. So it's, 
the, the omni-channel approach for sure is something I've, uh, I think you and I both know I've adopted and, and, and been putting in place for years now. So in our annual channel chief outlook report, we, we asked channel chiefs, uh, what are the most effective incentives for stimulating sales? And in that regard, it's about what can you do to make the partners more active in selling and what can the partners do to pass that downstream to the customer? But it, just listening to you, there's two things you said, is that the sales motions are changing and people are still the most important element. So does that mean the people that this is no longer about incentives and, and it's still a people game? It's, I think it, 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 the incentives and I guess the incentives that we're used to, right? The old days of um, either giving a partner a spiff or some type of, of gift or reward or something like that, those days are gone. I mean, to be completely honest with you, that's not how their businesses are being run. It's not how they're being comped. Um, you know, I, I, I always look at incentivizing the right behaviors, whether they're internally to my team or to our partners. And, and how we do that is um, it's changed. And, and it's more about experiences. And I know people have talked about what experience is, but if I could operationalize and, and make that experience with, with our organization better, that's where you see more traction, right? So it's, it's, it's this operationalizing and making things easier to do business with. Um, I always like to say simple, stupid, right? And I know that's, that's, that's maybe too simple, but it's, it's, it's my approach to everything is how do we eliminate a lot of that friction, right? You know, that channel friction or friction of doing business if I can just help tweak a few things to, to, to help a partner, either give them a program or show them, give them a playbook, right? A simple playbook of here's how we've had success. Here's how others have success. Let me teach that to you. That's more invaluable than everything, right? Because that's teaching them how to fish. And, and for that, you know, you can, you know, they attach services to it. And for them, it's a, it's a huge multiplier. Yeah. You know, it- I, I understand what you're saying. Let's start with the friction side of this, though, because we have research on this that if you have less friction in your channel relationship between you and your partner, that you will have 3x to 5x share of wallet with them over those that are more difficult. So there's a huge correlation between channel friction and productivity. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the partners aren't availing themselves very well. The partners, 57% of partners don't have a sales plan or a sales goal. I mean, they're not selling organizations. You know, how do you translate? How do you get you know, your people? Because there you go, Joe, you're the people guy. How do you translate? How do you translate the, the sales culture of a vendor that is built around performance out to the partners that is built around, uh, let's say they're built around the technology. They're built around the bits and bytes that float in their head and turn into skills. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a bigger concept as far as with, with all channel programs too, is um, most of us in the industry have moved to a focused partner strategy, right? So maybe the partners of old aren't the partners of new. Uh, We want to support everyone, but you know, there are some tough, you know, there's some tough decisions and this is just like managing people. You know, you should always be looking to rotate out the bottom percentage or, 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 or bottom performers. So, you know, I'm not saying you, you leave them high and dry, but you only invest in those partners who want to invest in you. And we take a look at it, right? We take a look at, I don't care. There's a lot of different models out there, right? But, you know, making sure that you're investing in partners that want to build, say, a practice around you. 
and I, I hear you, uh, you know, most of them, um, coming from, and I mean, you know, this, but maybe not everyone out there. I was one of those partners, right? I both was a VAR traditional VAR, and I was an MSP. Um, I built practices around it. And, you know, the mistake that I made when I was a partner was when I was a VAR, I was trying to be everything to everyone, meaning that it was the old, I'm not going to say, Hey, what do you want today? I'm going to sell it to you today, but it was, and I didn't have the focus. I was losing a lot of money on professional services because I had no specialization. It wasn't until I pivoted to specializing and really getting into a standard playbook, right? That's when I started really making a a big difference in, in my business. And I started running my business as a business versus, Hey, I'm going to see whatever I can sell today and do the most I can, because that's not a plan. Yeah. But it's still, there's a, there's a lot of partners out there and a lot of, frankly, a lot of vendors I come across that they'll say things like, you know, oh God, they'll, they'll talk about partners being the most important thing, that they're 100% channel. And, and they'll even talk about the, the need for superior customer, uh, customer experience, you know, because, God, I remember the first time I heard this um, guy at a major, this time I won't say the name of it, but you know, major software company, enterprise software company who said he wanted his customers to be delighted, his partners and his customers to be delighted. And I'm like, I'm looking at him, I'm like going, you are the least friendly company in the world with the most difficult software to ever use. And you're talking about being delighted. And there's still this, this, this default motion though around product first. So how do, how do you, in, in you're setting up a, a sales organization, a channel organization that is built around conveying value to the customer, how do you do that in a way that you don't ignore, you don't look past the, the true goal of customer experience? Well, you can't. And this is where omni-channel comes into play, where as a manufacturer, we have to embrace all channels. And, 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 and Larry, you've got to look at buying behavior. What does the end user want? And, and mm. really, how do we make sure that that experience is the best experience? And more importantly, their buying behavior. So the technology, you know, I've always um, gravitated to very technical um, solutions that, that are definitely fit for the marketplace. So I'm never worried about the tech. I mean, right now, I think at Proofpoint, we've got some of the best technology out there protecting the people. Um, That concept works. We need to make sure we're aligned. Just like I mentioned before, we have to have different channel programs to fit different channel partners. We also have to make sure our routes to market are, are, are there. And I need to be able to support however that end user wants to acquire a technology. Um, And that's what has changed, right? I think between... You know, the pandemic last year really accelerated some things. And I, I, I don't know what you saw on your, your data, but I'd love to look at that. But I saw a shift personally in buying behaviors of end users because some of the stuff that we've been talking about the channel that, hey, it's changing, it's changing. You know, last year it was like, oh, wow, we've, we've now accelerated that change. So, you know, that's a question I have for you and throwing that back at you is what have you seen? Because I think we all need to embrace it. If I was a channel yeah, partner yeah. or a manufacturer, we have to, right? We have to. Well, yeah, look, so it just so happens, Joe, that we have a new report out on pandemic recovery. So what's what are the partners, what are the vendors doing? Uh, we're seeing a lot of talk about investment in marketing, in sales, 
um, that there's not a whole lot of expansion about portfolios. Usually they see a lot about, you know, we're going to adopt new technologies, we're going to get into more services, uh, chasing the silver bullet around, you know, uh, if I just have this new product, I'll have something else to go sell. Uh, sure. But I think what they learned was during the pandemic is that the virtual sales work, virtual marketing works. And if they just, maybe it is, maybe they did discover what you said is that they built a playbook and that all they need to do is execute in the playbook now. You know, so look, you know, isn't that, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, our friend, Chris Jones at AT&T, who mm-hmm. runs sure. America's, uh, America's channels at AT&T, uh, talks about this, he, you know, for those of you, you know, listening in, Joe and I belong to a channel uh, executive group, uh, Baptist Club 50, and Chris Jones is in there. We all, we have these debates about what happens out there in terms of, well, why, you know, and Chris will be one to say, why are you reacting to trends? Just get out there and sell. Let's get out there and do work. And I think that maybe there is a little bit of that that's happened is that if you just apply yourself and remove the distractions, which I think a lot happened during the pandemic, I think it goes for, you know, for all the wrong reasons, of course, but there was a removal of a lot of distractions of the needless travel, the, 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 you know, the sure. not, having, not having to take all these in, meetings in person, et cetera. You know, I think that there might be something to this is that there, there could be some repeatability coming out. Yeah. Well, you know, something that I've used for years is the whole must be present to win, right? Whether yeah. you're a partner, whether you're on a team, you have to be present, right? And it is, it is, it's the old philosophy of back when you and I were knocking on those doors, trying to get, you know, people to let us mow their lawn. It's, it's, you have to keep on trying and you have to be present. Um, you just can't lean back, right? You just can't like ignore it. And if you're present, you're going to win. The old yeah. present must be present to win. Yeah. Joe, look, I, I want to ask this because I, I really want to get to the crux of, of this issue is, is that we want you, want, you want your channel team to be sellers. Mm-hmm. You want your partners to be sellers. You know, what's the motivational speech? What is the mantra that you instill in your team? And then, and, and by extension to your partners, that this is about getting up and hitting the field every day. Sure. Well, <laughs> I think that also leads into how do you measure success as far as what you're doing, right? And I mean, the age old, the cash register has to ring at the end of the day, right? It is revenue, right? It is closing deals. Um, but if, if we can show a partner um, how to upsell, cross-sell, add services, you know, basically build their practice. If I can meet with them and say, okay, um, how do I take something that say Proofpoint's doing? And how do I, how do I build a practice around it? That's, that's very powerful, right? Because the days of, okay, I'm going to, um, you know, make X amount of margin on selling a, a, either a, a software product or a hardware product. Those days, I think everyone knows those days are, are definitely gone and they shouldn't be counting on that, but it's truly, how do I become a value to my client? Because I tell you, you know, the, the, the partners who don't make that pivot um, are going to, you know, really feel the pressure from a marketplace, right? I think it's, it's again, if they're not adding that value, the days of just moving paper or moving products are gone. Um, as far as the team goes, you know, it's, it's a pretty simple message. It is the, you must be present to win. It is, you know, getting engaged and helping your partner, you know, roll up your sleeves and go help your partners develop these. And I think the key with any channel leader is making sure that we're spending our resources on people that uh, are going to benefit from those. So I think that's the common thing I've seen a lot of team structures and everything else is 
and I'm not saying you're wasting your time, but you know, you have to look at what can this partner help me bring in? Are they dedicated to you? Right. If they're not dedicated, if they're trying, if they're the old back to my example, if we rewind the clock 20 years ago, when I was trying to sell everything to everyone, I had some loyalty, but I say some, but if a customer's like, Hey, I want this, I'd be, I'll sell you that. It was, it was, again, I was in my twenties, so I was young and dumb, but you know, it was a, it was a life lessons because I, until you focus and we have to find those partners that want that focus. Um, if they don't, if it's not in their model, it's okay. Right. Yeah. And, and, not, look, and look, yeah. It's, it's okay that you don't have to work together. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Um, there may be a fit. It may not. And it's okay. I've, I've, I've had discussions in the past and not here where, same thing with distribution, right? We can we can all part as friends. If there isn't a fit, if it's not working for me, it's not working for you. Obviously, why try to force something, right? So, yeah. you know that is that is something that I think we all need to realize. Um, I don't run programs that I try to recruit the entire world and then throw it all against the wall and see who sticks. Um, I like to look at strategic partners that we want to invest in. We go hand in hand and we build businesses together, right? We both win. It's a it's a win win situation. Yeah. And look, and it's a, it's a daily grind too. I mean, it's like, and I got to give it credit to guys like you, Joe, who wake up every day and say, you know, I, I'm not going to go to sleep until I sell something. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it really is. It takes a lot to get out there and, and make that stuff happen. So Joe, great advice you give. Great. Oh, you know, I knew it was going to happen. You know, <laughs> just when we we're starting to have fun, phone rings, got to be a customer. We got to go get that sale, Joe. Hey, go get that sale, Larry. Go get that sale. <laughs> Joe Scoria, the SVP of Channel and Partner Sales at Proofpoint. Thanks for joining us on Changing Channels. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and Changing Channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.